Welcome to the Sports and Torts podcast and its presentation of college football's last call. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, the boys bring you their thoughts on this week in college football. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Glad to have y'all joining us on Last Call, wherever you're listening or watching. Week 10, another week down, another great UGA win. And guys, people don't always think it's pretty, but my God, damn, is it effective. Survive, advance, survive, advance. That's what we've done. UGA Missouri in the books. Dogs win. How we doing, guys? Hey, man, doing great. Uh, that's 26 straight, 9-0. and I took uh, Sam and myself. We went up to Athens. It was a beautiful fall day in the classic city. We had a blast. Um, a little bit tighter than I had hoped, but hey, man, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I think that Missouri team is actually a really good team. Brady Cook's a good quarterback. I think, I think they're strong on the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, Luther Burden, um, while we, I think, effectively kind of shut him down, he did have the one TD grab. I think Kamari Lasseter was awesome. Uh, but Missouri, man, they're a tough out, and that was a big win for the Georgia Bulldogs. I definitely underestimated Missouri. I thought that we would go in there um, and, and, and lay the wood to them. I definitely underestimated their lines of scrimmage, both the offensive line and the defensive line. They gave us some trouble there. But I think the takeaway for me is resiliency and, and perseverance. I, I think that this week it was a yeah, character character builder, you know, giving you cliche after cliche here. Uh, I, I was thrilled with the win because it was a tough win and the better team won. And those are the types of wins that you need uh, in a national championship run. So well done. Uh, very happy. Not thrilled to see JDJ, uh, you know, break his arm or whatever it is. But besides that, I thought the team, again, played resiliency and, and perseverance and uh, move on. So, Lawrence, you were in Athens uh, with Sammy in person. I was the exact opposite of that. Um, I actually watched zero plays live. Zero. Um, Isabella's volleyball team was playing for the state championship. And I just told myself that, you know what, I'm going to just focus on this watch the volleyball game, take it all in, and then when it's over, I'll see where we're at. And so I did that. Um, now, you can't help your phone buzzing and beeping, and judging by the text message I was receiving, I thought we were down by a 1,000. Um, you know, it's just funny, us as fans, like where we're, where we've come to, I guess we're super spoiled. But as y'all said, good victory. And like being dominant and winning doesn't mean you have to win 28 to nothing every time or 50 to 10. Um these are games that you said again, build character and you got to win them. And Missouri's a good team. And uh, I'm proud as hell about it, man. I'm proud as hell of all of our guys. Kirby seemed really happy too. You know, he, he was very quick to say, look, good win, shed the resiliency. Um, and as we saw last year, like having some of these close games in the fourth quarter is only going to help us down the line. Yeah. Championship. That's right. Find a way to get things done when they need to. I don't think we played a B game, arguably maybe worse. Our, our offensive line probably had the worst game we've had all season, and, and we still got a, a two-score victory. Um, so, again, when, when you don't necessarily have your A game and you're still able to come out and beat a legitimate top 12 team by two scores, well done. Listen, I thought Carson Beck played steady and in control. Quite frankly, we, we we didn't make mistakes. We forced two mistakes, and that changed the game. 
Uh, Peyton Woodring is, is started to come on and be a super consistent kicker. You know, if I had to give a game ball, I'd give my game ball to Kamari Lasseter. As I mentioned, he stepped into a role to cover burden in the slot. Uh, and he didn't give up a lot. He, I think he had one bad play in the third quarter where he got beat. Um, I do have a little concern on Dalen Everett. He just seems to be consistently the guy that other quarterbacks pick on. Um, but I can't get enough of the Nazir Stackhouse interception trying to take it to the house. Um, effectively, that ended up being a 65-yard penalty with the Smile Munden um, blindside block, which, you know, I felt that there were some questionable calls coming from the Zebras in that game. But, that yeah, I agree uh, with both of you. A character-building game. Lad does lad things. And uh, even Julian Humphrey, I feel like that was kind of his coming-out party. Um, it shows that we can guard those really talented, long, lanky receivers, um, which we need to be prepared for as uh, we're going to be playing under the lights this Saturday night against Ole Miss, too. So two things there. Um, one, they never showed the, the production by CBS was awful. I was I was touting them for the cocktail party last week. I thought they did a great job uh, in the cocktail party. It was awful. Aaron Taylor and the other guy, I think they found him drunk at the the tailgate, the uh, play by play. I don't even know who it was. They were terrible. We never saw the block in the back on Nazir Stock Stackhouse's uh, interception. But just to touch on a few things that you said. Uh, yeah, D- Dalen Everett looks like the weak link back there, but that's because on the other side of the field, you've got Kamari Lasseter draped all over who- whoever he's guarding. So they got to try to go after somebody, and and Dalen Everett's the guy you want to try to go after. Um, he's going to continue to get better, uh, and I do totally agree with you. I think Julian Humphrey really played well. I think he got a lot of reps. Tyke Smith didn't play that much. We didn't play a ton of star uh, because of their three receivers. But when Tyke got in, he had that massive sack when they're in the red zone or right at the red zone. And then just to touch on Ladd real quick, I mean, how clutch is he? He's all SEC, one of the best receivers in the country. Um, fantastic job. Seven receptions for something like 90 yards. Um, and last point I'll make, yeah, the refs are awful. I don't really want to get into it all that much. They're pretty bad both ways. So uh, there are some suspect calls. That the pass interference on Julian Humphrey is ridiculous. There are a few other really suspect calls, but they were suspect calls. Missouri got screwed a few times too. Um, there was no consistency. It was, it was it, between CBS's production and the refs. It, it was a tough watch, but we got the W. So I thought that Larry's six pack nailed it. He just went one through six down the board with all the all the big highlights. Well done, Big Lair. Um, Gans, you just you know, added to it. So y'all hit all the high points. Um, I will say about Ladd and Carson Beck, you know, I, y'all know me, like I don't, I don't follow recruiting that closely. I always get confused on who's in each other's classes based on what year they are. But, you know, I think there's something to it that, that Beck and, and Ladd came in together and they've been working together for all these years and they just have a connection. And I think that's real. I think that, that, you know, with Brock going down, Carson feels really comfortable with Ladd um, and Ladd's, always making plays. I mean, remember last year he went through that stretch where he had the drops? That feels like a lifetime ago. And now it's like, you know, you can't be more comfortable with him. Couldn't be more comfortable. You nailed it with Kamari Lasseter. Dude, that guy everywhere. And Julian Humphrey, I think, as you pointed out, Gans, I mean, he's kind of made his his self known now. Um, welcome to the party, Julian. Glad to have you. Uh, you know, bad part, Jay Stein injury report. Hate seeing Pop go down, even with some of our friends calling for his head a couple of weeks ago. He is the, you know, kind of the leader of the defense. That's going to be a tough injury. Um, read today that Kirby said they're going to try to get creative to see how they might be able to get him back or get him 
back on the field sooner. I don't know if that means a cast on his arm. That, uh, who knows? But uh, obviously, that was a big, big blow. Kind of like we lost Nolan Smith last year. So people got to step up. And who that? Who's that going to be? Uh, C.J. Allen, Raylan Wilson, those guys coming in. What do y'all think about what yeah. that's going to do to the defense? Yeah, C.J. Allen, Raylan Wilson are the two names. C.J. Allen probably comes in first. Now, we'll say as soon as Pop went out, you know that Missouri, uh, Missouri offensive line and running game kind of ticked up a little bit, and and so these guys are going to get some reps. They're going to get better. Um, I was also concerned when when Kamari Lasseter went down for a second, but he popped up. He gave himself that patented helmet slap, which I think I'm going to start to a, a, adopt that move uh, in my business life as well. When I get off a Zoom call, I'm just going to start slapping myself in the head to get all fired up. Uh, but yeah, man, we listen. We we've lost Brock for a few weeks. You know, we'll get him back before the end of the season. We've lost Marius Mims, our best offensive lineman. We've lost our best linebacker, um, and we just go next man up. You know, line them up and let's play. And that's another testament to the program that Kirby's built. Right, no excuses. Um, just get up there, next man up, and let's play. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the other side of this for a second. The glass is half full, and not that you guys are being negative. We're starting to get healthier, though. I mean, losing Pop definitely hurts. But the team, you're going to have Mims potentially back this weekend. Each week that goes by, Ladd is looking more comfortable. His back seems uh, uh, to, to be working with him. You're going to have one, Brock Bowers, back in the next few weeks. Does he play against Tennessee? I don't know. I think it's all but a certainty, barring any setbacks, and let's all knock on wood, that uh, he laces them up in Atlanta against Alabama. So that's good. Roderick Robinson could have gone this weekend. So we're getting healthier. Um, at the right time, but Kirby said it after the game in the interview. Everyone's hurt at this time of the season. Um, so let's keep uh, Carson Beck upright and and keep marching towards Atlanta and Houston. You don't have any confidence in Clay Vandegrift? Um, Vandegrift. More snaps. Clay, Clay Vandegrift sucks. I'm good with Brock Vandegrift, but Clay, he, he's shitty. He didn't get any yards on this one, one touch. Question on that. Do we think that Carson had to run back and uh, drop hmm. a quick deuce or something? Is that why they put yeah. him in? What happened? No, but I do like the speculation there. Um, I think it was they wanted to put something on film. They also said I, I didn't go back and rewatch it. It was a bad snap, um, and and he would have had something there. But I think they just like to put that on film. They throw it out there, and who knows? You, you might see it in the SEC championship game. You might see it in Tennessee, where they they think they have a tendency, and 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 he throws the ball. So I, I'm fine with it. We still scored a touchdown there. So. Yeah. Ernest, Ernest Green uh, actually missed the block there. Um, had he had he sealed off his guy on the edge, uh, good chance Clay uh, runs in for six. But, yeah, I, I agree, Gans. I think it's just to get something on tape, throw a little, little wrinkle in it. Uh, maybe we'll see a Tebow jump pass against Bama in the SEC championship game. Hopefully it's Brock Vandergriff. Brock's do well for us. Clay suck. <laughs> the last Clay has I'll good say, wings. The last thing I'll say about the game is, Lawrence, I knew that you were going to love the Stackhouse INT run. That just has your name written all over it. The only thing that you probably would have enjoyed better if your boy Zion Logue would have been the one who got the INT, right? He's your guy. Dude, and seeing him bubbling and stumbling and rumbling would have made you that much happier. So there's a couple things I enjoyed about our defensive line. One, obviously, Stackhouse's pick. I love the I love the fact that he said he got up to 18 miles an hour on the GPS. And Kirby Smart was like, hey, the only way he gets up to 18 miles an hour is a car. Um, but Zion Logue, dude, he's the – like when you're in the stadium, you don't see this when you're watching the games on TV as much, but when he, you're in the stadium – he is the heart and soul of that defensive line. He's he's waving on the crowd. He's getting everyone fired up. And when he had that sack in the first half and he he threw a uh, invisible sack over his shoulder, great celebration. 
damn good dog. All right, moving on to the other games. Uh, Georgia game ended, you know, in the sevens, and then it rolled right into a Saturday night that had the look of some fireworks going on. Had two uh, pretty, you know, pretty compelling matchups, four highly rated quarterbacks. You had Bama versus LSU on one side. You had USC versus Washington on the other. Didn't totally come down to the wire with, um, you know, with close games, but nonetheless, very, very entertaining. LSU are not serious people. They do not play defense, uh, or apparently don't, don't teach defense in red stick. It, it, they've got three losses. They've got to be one of the more disappointing teams this season. I think Jaden Daniels is really good, uh, but you can't give up 40-plus points a game. Jalen Milrow um, is is progressing as the season gets along. Uh, if, if he was Georgia's quarterback, I still wouldn't feel comfortable with him in the fourth quarter in a tight game versus a good defense, but the guy's a freak athlete. Uh, looks like my predictions. I did say that Bama would go somewhere between nine and three and eleven and one. Eleven and one looks a lot more likely. They've all all but sealed up the West, and hopefully on Saturday we clinch the West for them. Um, but yeah, it looks like that's our opponent in Atlanta, and um, you know, time to beat them in an SEC championship game. But we got a couple of weeks before we get there. Yeah, J- Jalen Norrow, I mean, he's a good athlete. He can run, and and we're going to have to put a spy on him when we play. Uh, but he, when he puts on the boosters, man, he just takes off. Uh, in terms of LSU, I kind of feel like they're about to fill out their application to transfer to the Pac-12 because that's a level of defense that they play. Uh, and that's with one of the best linebackers in college football with Harold Perkins. Um, but he just kind of is like I – I saw him make a mistake on one play the other night. Uh, but haven't heard a ton from him. It's just the, the lack of defense um, down in Baton Rouge is, is problematic. But, hey, uh, good on you, Bama. We didn't think um, that you guys would be able to win if it got to be a shootout. Um, it was a shootout. You made a stop, the stops when you needed to. There was a key drop by the tight end, Mason Taylor. He catches that. It's a different game. But that's kind of where the game turned. And then uh, Dallas Turner knocks out a quarterback again. Uh, he's starting to get that reputation, in my opinion, as a little bit of a headhunter. Um, but hey, um, yeah, Bama. We'll see in just in uh, Atlanta in December. So the number for me in that game was thirty points. If if Bama kept LSU below thirty points, they win the game. Shootout. I don't know. It was twenty one twenty one at halftime, and then Bama decided to not let LSU score. I mean, they they scored seven in the third quarter. They didn't score anything, um, and Bama put up twenty one in the second half. Um, so yeah, it's kind of Bama's calling card though, right there. They are shutting everybody down in the second half. And who else's calling card is that? That's a, I'll have to think about that one in a bit. Be, I'll yeah. say this, the, the, the Bama fans are starting to get a little moxie though. They're starting yeah. to feel pretty good about themselves. Um, you know, I read something today about, you know, Milrow is, we know what he is, but you know, the, the, the running aspect and that always gives Georgia fits. I'd say that gives every team fits, right? Like when you got the dual quarterback option, I mean, it's not just George has problems with it, with those kind of players. It's everybody. So we'll see. Uh, USC Washington, I do want to give a special shout out to my guy, Jeff Platt, uh, who is a loyal listener out in Las Vegas, USC grad. Uh, Jeff took a little exception to, to our negativity towards the Trojan program over the last couple of weeks. And as you said, Jason, we don't, we don't make the news. We just report the news. And that's what I told him. And, um, I, I saw him this weekend and I said, you know what? It might be time for Lincoln Riley to look another direction for the DC. And that's what happened, right? He gone. 
You're gone. I mean, you're giving up 52 points to – when you score 42 points, you should win nine times out of 10, probably 95 times out of 100, uh, and they didn't, and they lost by 10. They are not serious people either. <laughs> Uh, the, the funniest thing that I saw today was uh, Michigan's punishment should be to have to hire Brian Ferencz as their offensive coordinator and Alex Grinch as their defensive coordinator for the next three years. And uh, that made me laugh a little bit. Um, you know who else isn't a serious person? Not just USC as a team, but Caleb Williams, not a serious person. To climb up into the stands after the game and cry on your mama's shoulder like, come on, bro, give me a break. Oh, Jeff, you're not going to be happy with us again this week. We're sorry, dude. Good news, though. <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry. Just reporting the news. No, good, good news is uh, me and Jeff just recorded a podcast. It'll be coming out next week or two. So we 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 gave him the chance to talk some USC football. So everybody stay tuned for that. Uh, Ohio State, they had a hard time with Rutgers. Texas, uh, close game with Kansas State. So, again, it's that word, parody. Yeah. Texas game was interesting because they were up 17-0, and then I think they were up 27 to 7 or something like that. And again, not serious people. When you're a national championship caliber level team or want to be in the fourth quarter, you're not turning the ball over twice. And that's what Texas did. They gave Kansas State an opportunity to come back and win that game. Um, went to overtime and uh they they barely won, did not cover. Um they don't scare me. No, yeah, nor does Ohio State. You know, um, I watched a little bit of that game. They, you know, the score looks better than it was. They ended up winning by 19, but it was a, it was a close game. Certainly at halftime, OSU outclassed them in the second half. But you really need to talk about outclassing Rutgers. I think they were playing in Piscataway, New Jersey. I mean, you know, and it's going to be interesting though. Uh, kind of a little side note here: as USC, we'll go back to Jess fighting Trojans. And UCLA next year go into the Big Ten to see like a USC play a a fall noon game in Piscataway, New Jersey. It's just going to be strange, um, and, and you know, twenty eight hundred mile flight, something like that. So, uh, just kind of side note. Speak, speaking of the Buckeyes in class, is there any truth to the rumor that all this Michigan and Harbaugh stuff was started? by an OSU guy or an OSU effort to uh, rat them out? Probably. Probably. If, if this was Alabama-Auburn, would, would any of that surprise you? The fact of the matter is it seems like they've got them dead to rights. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen. My prediction is a whole bunch of nothing. Everyone just hates Jim Harbaugh, and everyone's gunning for them. They probably don't get any favors from the refs. And they whine and cry, and Harbaugh goes, and he's coaching in Las Vegas next year, like Lawrence said. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. But you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, Michigan's trying to, uh, you know, you know, kind of play a little distraction over here with Ohio State. Is they're the ones that started the investigation. But hey, guess what, guys? You still cheated. Um, it took him. It took him forever to fire Connor Stallions. Now he's on the unemployment line. And then there was rumors flying that you know they were going to go ahead and. And uh, you know, Harbaugh was going to be suspended indefinitely in X, Y, and Z. But again, Gans, I agree with you. To your point, nothing's going to happen. This reminds me a lot of the Cam Newton, uh, was it 2009, where um, there was all these investigations and just nothing ever materialized. Yeah, I'll believe when I see it. Continuing on the theme of, of who are serious people and who are not serious people, I'll add three more to the not serious people list. Oklahoma, 
un, uh, unreal. Bedlam, they done. Uh, Notre Dame, come on, guys. And then Clemson, they're not serious either, but at least they got the win this week. Now, who are serious people? Uh, Air Force, they did lose this week, but our guy, Paystead, uh, you know, shout out to him. Air Force broke into the top 25 this week. They lost to Army. But 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 Pace, I see them bouncing back big time against the Hawaii Fighting Rainbows. So uh, you're still going to be a good season ahead for the Air Force. Hey, they're, they're still alive for the Commander-in-Chief trophy, so we got that going for them. No losers in that game. No losers in that game, that's right. Next week, we got Georgia versus Ole Miss. Scans, I'm going to let you start off because Lane Kiffin is uh, is your guy. You love him except for this week. So um, the floor is yours, my friend. Well, let me just be very clear for a second. I love Lane Kiffin as an internet personality. I'm not sure I'd love him as my coach. He's doing a great job. He, they, I watched. Uh, you know, they played A and M last weekend. They were very lucky to get a victory there. But what we're not taking into account is, of course, who A and M's coach is. So, of course, they got the victory. Who, by the way, has lost his last nine road games. Nine. Um, after the game, the sideline reporter said something to Lane, like, you know, you've got your biggest game coming up. You're going to Georgia next week. And he thanked her for telling him who they're playing next week. He claimed he didn't know, which um, he actually revels in giving other teams bulletin board material. Most coaches, Kirby won't say shit. None of our players will say shit. I think he'll kill them. This guy just wants stuff plastered. Um, uh, you know, I actually think him and Kirby are buddies. Um, you know, they're on the Bama staff together at the same time. Look, I think that um, Ole Miss is, is they're another one. They don't like to play defense. They uh, have got an exciting offense. Jackson Dart's getting a lot of love. But if you look at the stats, Carson's got better stats than he does on the season. Um, look, I think Kirby and our staff is a significant upgrade over Ole Miss. Uh, they've got a couple of good receivers. That one, um, uh, I'm forgetting his name, Trey something. Had a, a Harris, good, Harris uh, Trey Harris. Harris like yeah. Um, but the dogs under the lights, 7 o'clock, game day there. There's going to be some lubricated um, patrons, and that is going to be a raucous environment. You're going to see where all your, your donation dollars go and our red lights go. Um, I like the dogs. Uh, I think Ole Miss will put up some points. Don't want to get into a shootout, but but I like the dogs, and, and I think I like the dogs to cover as well. Ten and a half. So uh, first things first, uh, this uh, upcoming Saturday will be senior day in Athens, so there's going to be a lot of damn good dogs making their last appearance in Sanford Stadium. So I want to thank all of them for everything that they've done for us, and will even be a surprise to see uh, if there's any juniors potentially walking with them as well on their way out, maybe like a Brock Bowers. But, hey, congrats to the seniors. It's been a memorable run for those guys. Um, and when I was looking at the stats for Georgia Ole Miss, and you know, we are an 11-point favorite right now, um, there's a lot of similarities in the stats between Ole Miss and Missouri. It's like Ole Miss is Mizzou 2.0. Um, they commit a lot of penalties. They are not good on third down. Um, and, and I think Angie mentioned we need if we can limit the explosive plays uh, from Ole Miss's offense, I think we win and, and win handily. I think Brady Cook is a better quarterback than Jackson Dart. I think the wide receivers at Missouri are better than the wide receivers at Ole Miss, maybe a little bit even. Um, where I had they have an advantage is uh, Judkins, the running back. He's better than the guy from uh, from from Mizzou last week, and the guy from Mizzou played pretty darn well. Um, so we're going to need our defense to step up. 
Um, it, it right now, as it sits here on Monday night at 11 point spread, the public lean right now, 60% of the wager early wagers are coming in on Ole Miss. Um, I, I tend to like the dogs in this one. I think it's like a 35 21 type game. Um, it'll be fun with game day there. Everyone that I was talking to last week in Athens said that all of the um colleges in the southeast, uh, the, the, the student bodies are planning on descending in Athens next weekend. Uh, Georgia Southern, Auburn, all these other schools are coming in to uh, see Georgia play Ole Miss this weekend. So it's why not going to be wild uh, in the classic city. The only place I disagree with you um, is I think Georgia puts up over 40 points this weekend. Um, and, and I, you know, Ole Miss might score 24. They're going to get some points. Georgia is going to put up points this weekend unless – we go out there. You know, the identity of our team is really hucking the ball around, right? Uh, some play action. If we really try to control the clock um, and and eat up the clock, that could change. But I, I would expect us to put up over 40 this weekend. What's interesting to me is when you start the season off and you start looking down the road of the schedule, and we said this home season, this home schedule, a little light. I mean, we said that a lot of different times. And the way it's played out has been super entertaining. I mean, Kentucky coming in, that night game was awesome. They came in kind of highly touted. Missouri last week, you know, 12th ranked, 330 CBS game. And then you finish off with, you know, Lane Kiffin, the Rebels, 7 o'clock. Uh, it just sets up for, for another memorable night in the Classic City. I guess it will be a shit show afterwards with every college kid in town. So I guess I'm glad I'm not going. But uh, like you said, man, the light show will be there. It's going to be the king. It's going to get them at Saturday night at our, at our home. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think this is the 28-27, 31-30 type of game where we're just on pins and needles till the very end. But I, I do I do see us winning, so cannot wait for that. A couple other big games coming up, Michigan-Penn State, FSU-Miami. This is like the all-1991 weekend, right? Those games used to be the ones you circle uh, way back when. We've been talking Big Ten a bunch. Who are they? What are they? We'll find out a little bit more. Michigan, Penn State. I kind of want Penn State to win that game. Totally. Yeah, totally. Honestly, the game I'm most excited about this weekend ever is, is Tennessee, Missouri. I think uh, obviously Tennessee being our next opponent after that and, and just seeing what Missouri did. Uh, it's at Missouri. That one I'm most excited to watch. I find Michigan, Penn State to be really boring. Uh, FSU, Miami could be entertaining. I haven't watched a ton of FSU since the beginning of the season, so it'd be good to see what they do. Uh, but that's a you know two touchdown line. So Tennessee is a one point favorite in Columbia, Missouri. So I'm I'm excited to watch that game. Yeah, um, I find I'm listening. You know, you know me. I like to follow the point spreads, and I find the point spread for Michigan, Penn State, Michigan's at Penn State to be a little bit lower than what I thought. It's four and a half. Um, I think uh, maybe with uh, in the, in the last weekend when Michigan played Purdue was the first weekend, the first game all year. I think they did not cover, um, and so maybe folks with the change changing up their signals is uh, going to cause a wrinkle in Harbaugh's game plan. Um, Oregon is also at USC. They're minus thirteen. USC, their season is done. Are they going to step up and have a little bit of backbone and see if they can play spoiler at all? That one will be interesting. Um, you know, in Florida State, Miami, like, I mean, what is Miami? We know they're not serious people, right, Gans? Um, and then Georgia Tech, who seems to be riding a hot streak, is going to play the fighting Dabos in Clemson. Um, not that I'll watch that, but I do think it's going to be interesting to see if uh, if Georgia Tech can maintain some of that momentum they have towards the end of the season. What's that line? Uh, 14 and a half. Clemson's minus 18 and a half. It's a big number. 
I want to I want to spend a second kind of off topic on FSU Miami. I came across a story today about uh, FSU's receiver Keon Coleman, the number two ranked receiver in the country behind Marvin Harrison. Lawrence, have you seen what his pregame meal looks like? I have not, but I know he's a beast. He was a transfer okay. from Michigan State. He's like what six six. So, so his pregame meal is two hot and spicy McChicken sandwiches with cheese and extra mayo, medium fries, 10-piece chicken McNuggets, and an Oreo McFlurry. 2,500 calories he packs in leading up to game time. So my question is a couple things. Number one, how do you rate that order? And number two, at the height of your power, at the height of your ability, what does your mega McDonald's order look like? So it's a solid order and probably why he gets himself open because he's probably just ripping ass down the field and people are far, far away. Uh, (laughs) I mean, listen, I think I could probably compete with that order on a Sunday, probably after arriving home after Georgia Ole Miss at three in the morning, um, waking up Sunday, missing the breakfast time frame and going to place that order McDonald's. I think I could probably take it down. Um, my, my McDonald's ordering is probably a little bit uh, outdated, but if I had to go, I'd probably go quarter pounder with cheese, uh, a 10-piece nugget, large fry, and a Diet Coke, of course. Yeah, make sure you get that Diet Coke in there. Yeah, do the Diet Coke. Very good. Very good. All right, y'all want to do an updated top four for the week? Sure. I'll kick it off. Uh, do you, you want to go first? Yeah, I could. I think I had the the worst one last week, so um, it, it looks similar to what the, I, I've got Georgia jumping Ohio State. Um, uh, so Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, FSU. Art. So I switched mine up a little, little bit too. I, I kept Ohio State at one. I kept Georgia at two. I went FSU in Washington, Oregon, and then Bama at seven. Um, I just think Washington on the strength of their wins uh, jumps Michigan, and we'll see what happens on uh, tomorrow night. I think you cut out. Say say you're one through six again. Sorry, I had Ohio State, Georgia, FSU, Washington is one through four with Michigan, Oregon, five and six. I've got UGA, FSU, Ohio State, and Washington, one through four. So we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, we got the same four, just different orders. Very good. All right, soccer bear of the week. Talk to us. Yeah, so I had uh, Southern Cal. They they blew it. They had a chance. They choked it away. So back, I think under five hundred on the year for the for the sucker bet. Um, where I'm going with this one, there were three games. I think I already mentioned the Michigan line. I think Georgia Tech is getting a lot of points, and the public's heavy on them. So I think Clemson probably trounces them. Uh, but where I'm going, Gans, you brought this game up. Missouri is a home dog against Tennessee. And to to the eye, Missouri is a better football team, especially with Tennessee going on the road. We saw what happened with Tennessee when they went to Gainesville and they got rolled by a very crappy Florida team. But I think Missouri is the sucker, and here's why. Tennessee is going to win that game on Saturday night in Columbia, Missouri, because Georgia breaks teams. Missouri coming off a game against Georgia, they're not going to recover. Look what happened. Look what's happened to South Carolina since we played them. Look what's happened to Kentucky since we played them. Florida lost in overtime at home to Arkansas. When we play teams, we break them. And so I think Missouri is the sucker, and I'm taking Tennessee this weekend. See, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. To me, the sucker bet there looks like, you know, Tennessee should be favored by by more than, than a point. 
Um, and uh, I, I would think that they'd be the sucker. And, and, and you know, I, I don't think we broke Missouri. I, I really don't. I, I think that they could take a lot away from that game. They played us tough, you know, through three and a half quarters. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, lo- I like Missouri in, in this one. I, like See, I think Missouri should be favored. Missouri should be a three-point favorite. They should at least get the home points. Yeah. Well, then then everyone would be loading up on Tennessee. I, well, uh, well, I just I love the concept of Georgia breaking teams dating back to our friends, the Horn Frogs, the original broke back. So uh, I like it. Worse. All right, Gans, what you got with your Jimbo of the week, man? Quick, quick one. I, I had a tough time finding nominees, so I'll just get right to the point. Uh, the Texas Kansas State game uh, goes into overtime. And Kansas, uh, Texas kicks a field goal. Kansas State has fourth and goal uh, from like the six yard line. You kick the field goal and take the three points. Uh, Chris Kleinman, the head coach of Kansas State, whose name has never once been brought up here. In fact, I had to look up his name, gets the Jimbo of the week this week. You, it's a chip shot field goal and you live to play another overtime. Instead, the guy takes a loss in, in Austin when he could have had a uh, at least continued the game. So I didn't know who their coach was either. It used to be a guy named Snyder, right? Well, Snyder, yeah. Stick, yeah stick, sticking with our fast food theme, I don't know why I know this. Loves our, Taco Bell. Loves Taco Bell. <laughs> he did a story on him. Yeah. He, eats, he eats one meal a day and it's Taco Bell. Am I wrong? Chris Kleinman or Bill Snyder? Snyder, right? He's like, he's like 96. Snyder. So Taco Bell, I'm going three, I'm going three uh, crunch chickens off Taco Supremes. A custom Mexi meal and uh, throw something extra in there for a surprise, depending on what I see on the board. Not for a meal, though. And right? Bob can tell you the price. Bob can tell you the price within 30 cents. You're, you're straight fourth meal, though. That, you're not going there for lunch or for dinner. That's a snack, either late night or, or as a bridge between lunch and dinner, correct? That's That's right. A fourth meal. That's right. Taco Bell, a thousand out of a thousand times over McDonald's. Oh, it's, it's not even close. It's not even close. Yeah. All right, good stuff, guys. Uh, the only bad news out of UGA was we're recording on Monday, and the Hoop Dogs off to a pretty rough start. I watched the second half of that game. You know, I, I'll, I'll give them some time. They usually, you know, get better from week to week. But I don't know, man. Coach White didn't have them really ready to go versus Oregon. Lawrence, you watched some of that, didn't you? I watched a very few. I watched very little of it. I was watching. I watched the first half. Um, We'll get into it. You know, these teams, these, we got a young team, a lot of freshmen. Um, I like what Coach White is doing in terms of building a program, though. Um, and, and he's doing a good job on the recruiting trail, leveraging the NIL dollars. We got some pretty big commits for next year. Uh, even Dominique's kid is uh, now committed, uh, verbally committed, Georgia. So um, if we can, if we can do something this year where maybe we get like a 10 seed into the dance and have some momentum going into the next, next season. Um, I think that'll be a good, a good, um, what a barometer for the program. We'll definitely take that. All right, guys. Enjoyed it as always. Nice talking to you guys uh, this weekend. Let's go get ourselves a SEC East victory, right? Or a, a clinch the division. We win this game or what? If Tennessee loses, we clinch. So let's, let's uh, rejoin next week as the SEC's champions once again. All right, boys. Have a great week. See you guys. Thanks for On to Atlanta. Let's go, baby. Good dog. Oh. Keep shopping. <laughs>